0: This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat an advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Broto Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo, and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrodoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy Football. Week four is in the books and we are back with the Monday recap pod. Hello, everybody. I am your host, Tim Petrov here with my bro, the man, the myth, the legend, the lead fantasy analyst for Broto Fantasy and the Fantasy Football by Broto app. And if I must say so myself, a young, handsome devil, Mr. Mike. Michael wow. What's up, Mike? Thanks, Tim. And he's bringing that redraft knowledge. You know what I'm saying? You know how it is with the redraft. And if you're not, you don't even know what I'm talking about with redraft, redraft just means like uh, the regular way you play fantasy. But there's a whole new way to play fantasy, and that's dynasty. And when you're reacting on a Monday and you want to know what to do about your dynasty team, there's only one place to go, and that is the fantasy encyclopedia himself, the Maple Mamba
1: Mr. Matt Ward.
0: Oh, and, and of course, uh the uh the lead writer on Brotofantasy dot com. Oh, Matt Ward. What's good, bro? Yeah.
1: That too. Oh man. Everything's good. How are
0: you guys doing? I, I'm doing terrible to be honest. I need,
2: uh, <laughs> I need 25 and need twenty five and a half points from Cooper Cup, so I'll uh I'll be sweating that out the entire podcast. So if you hear me go Yahtzee or fuck, that's why.
0: Yahtzee? <laughs> Yahtzee. Um, (laughs) I was, uh, as you guys know, if you're, if you're listeners, but if you don't know, we are watching the Monday night game live as we give you this, uh, recap pod right now. The, uh, the 49ers up seven, three, the last touchdown was Jeff Wilson just ran in a 32 yard touchdown. So that's where we are in the game. If you hear us going crazy, uh, that's what's happening. Uh, yeah. And also I just want to say RIP last season. Um, as you guys know, it's week four. And on the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, we like to tell you week four, that's it. We have enough sample size for this season to stop referring to whatever the, sh- the hell happened last season. All right, it's over. Last season's over. It's time now. And also week four is where the Brodo exclusive stats like true throw value, true target value, um, defensive, uh, true defensive matchup, defensive points over average, things like that, This is when they really start to stick. This is when they really start to become those weapons that you win your fantasy football league with. And the only place to get them is at the Fantasy Football by Broto app. I'm not going to tell you all about the app already because you already listened to it in the beginning of this. All right? The magic of editing. Um, But what I am going to tell you about is patreon.com slash Fantasy because we love our patrons. And if you want to support the show, it's as little as $3 a month. I was just telling Michael he was a very good host on Thursday. I miss Thursday. But one thing he didn't do was... He did not mention all the extras that we can get on Patreon. You were way too short with the advertisements, Michael.
2: I totally mentioned Patreon.
0: But you, you mentioned Patreon, but you didn't Several mention times. you didn't mention all the add-ons. So, Michael, tell me, what's one thing you can get in patreoncom slash Fantasy?
2: You could get the DFS cash optimizer lineup. Oh,
0: what's another thing you could get, Michael?
2: Um, access to the Broto Bros at any point of any time in the messages.
0: Michael, as you, uh, as I beg you to speak a little louder, um, Michael. What else? Is t- no, Tim.
2: No, I'm <laughs> done talking with you, t- making me always change my uh, my voice level these days.
0: Uh, I, for some reason, you're just incapable of keeping the mic in one in right, one place. Here it is.
2: It's staying like this folks enjoy it keep your keep your level of uh whatever you're listening at just keep it right there
0: well while you're listening to you can listen on the app and uh and you get an extra podcast you can listen to that michael runs
2: yes the extra podcast yes
0: the extra podcast the the, the waiver pod which is going to be on tomorrow we try not to give away too much waiver stuff on this episode but obviously you're going to hear some stuff about some guys there's some interesting waiver guys this week that i think if you're playing in a league that's not full of sharp sharps if you just got a few sharps and you, and they got good teams, and you got some uh, you got some people who are maybe a little amateur. Um, this is one of those weeks where there's a couple of guys that aren't maybe the obvious guys on the waiver wire, uh, but they're like second in line, and those guys might be the first in line. That's all I'm gonna say about that. A little teaser for tomorrow, Br- uh, broto, Patreon.com, excuse me slash broto fantasy. Ooh. The Broncos are signing Latavius Murray off the Saints practice squad. I literally Latavius just got Murray that right scored now.
2: A touchdown yesterday, huh? I guess they demoted him that quick, huh? Yeah, Latavius w- Murray scored a touchdown. yesterday. That's insane. He was like,
0: yeah, a, the thing, he was uh, one of the main ball carriers. It's-
1: the, I, I could tell you why the Saints do that, and they do that more than any other team. The immediate demotion to practice squad is because they're consistently over the salary cap, so they actually can't keep Latavius Murray on ah. the 53-man roster. and Unless they want to pay him, and they don't want to do that. <laughs>
0: Matt's already fucking dropping gems. It's like, how many minutes are we into this? Five minutes. Already got a gem. Uh, and I, I committed a cardinal sin, ladies and gentlemen. I am I apologize in advance. I just said some, a news piece without listening to Donny H. And everyone knows. It is not news time until Donnie H. has spoken. So, Donnie H., speak.
1: Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, All right. So, first piece of news um, is that uh, Latavius Murray to the Broncos and I was kind of alluding to the Broncos situation uh, when I was talk- I'm not going to lie, it's, it's funny that that happened immediately while I was alluding to maybe one of the Broncos running backs that you may not expect to get some burn uh, might be a good waiver wire pickup do you think Latavius Murray is worth a look for any reason? Michael, mm-hmm. what do you think?
2: I'm not going to go pick up Latavius Murray, are you kidding me right now? No, is my answer <laughs> really? I, okay.
0: I thought it was a little bit worth more than that. But what do you think? Are, are you gonna? Are you giving Latavius Murray any sort of time of day, Matt?
1: No, I'm. i with Mike. Um, and I'm not really all that interested in. Uh, now I'm just gonna ruin your, uh, you know, future. I'm not all that interested in Mike Boone either.
0: That's the guy. I Wasn't trying to say, man. What the hell, Matt? Yeah. Way to, I'm way, to sorry. way to give away the <laughs> ending. All right. Um, it's true. Uh yeah, so let's get into the next piece of news because the next piece of news is absolutely devastating. <sighs> Javante Williams. One of the bright young stars in the yeah, NFL. The fact
2: that he started with Latavius Murray for Broncos running backs well, and
1: not Javante Williams is disrespectful. It just
0: literally it just literally uh, broke. Correlation.
1: There's right. correlation here, Mike. And it like Still literally ju- just broke. It's the reason that they're signing Latavius Murray. Right, that's for
0: sure. So Javante Williams disrespect. out. Man, first of all, I was I was thinking that Melvin Melvin Gordon would be available on some waiver wires. He's available in 20% of leagues. So that's something, but it's not nothing. Um but it's not it's not he's not available in a lot of leagues. So if you were rostering Melgo and now you are in this situation, what's your future outlook for Melgo? Michael, let's get the redraft for this season and then we'll talk about um Matt his uh maybe his dynasty value going forward. So Michael, what about what do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean I think Melgo's obviously gonna be the, the main guy in that backfield now. It's not gonna be Mike Boone, but I think it's gonna be similar to the Javante Melvin split um for Melgo and Boone now. I think they know that Melvin Gordon isn't a workhorse type of guy anymore. Um and I don't think Melvin Gordon wants to be that type of workhorse either, um, who's just getting the ball thirty, twenty five times a game at his age um that's why he re-signed to denver like he liked the uh he liked being a part of that committee that he had with javante williams um maybe lat murray actually does come in and come in and steal some work whatever but i think it's going to be a melgo and mike boone um sharing the backfield type of thing and this offense has been trash so it's like i don't know how much upside either of these guys have but obviously i'd rather have melgo the trusted veteran who's going to get goal line carries and such than to uh the unproductive and not very good Mike Boone. Mike Boone got more touches than Melgo. Melgo well, fumbled, and that's been an issue too. Yeah. This guy has five four, fumbles this four. year, four fumbles this year. He has three fumbles in the last, like, I forget how many weeks that have been brought back to the house. Like He's been responsible for three different fumble sixes.
0: It's so strange too because he's a veteran. You don't yeah. really see veterans just kind of forget how to carry the ball. What's your dynasty outlook on this backfield, uh, Matt? Does How much value does Mike Boone gain? How much value does uh, Melgo gain in the short term? How are you feeling about this?
1: Yeah, I mean, as soon as the, the window opened up with the unfortunate news that it was more than a sprain and and that, you know, <clears throat> it was even kind of before the MRI, they were saying that there wasn't a lot of optimism with the injury, and he left on crutches and couldn't put any weight on it and so on and so forth. And then it's a very significant knee injury to Javante, similar to J.K. Dobbins. And we saw that kept him out an entire preseason and then three plus weeks. So that's seven weeks into next season. Um that you can expect Javante back around like week eight of next year, basically. So Melgo has an immediate window that you can sell him in. And I would try and do it before he ever touches the field again.
0: One thing that we should note is that Melgo was limited in terms of the practice report with a neck injury. They're playing Thursday. So something to monitor. Usually Monday practice reports aren't something that you need to monitor, but when someone's playing Thursday, it's worth it. Um, Same with Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor listed as a did not practice on Monday's practice report. I, I wouldn't look too far into that, but Jonathan Taylor's kind of been trashed this year. And 20 carries, he had 20 carries last game for 40-something yards. He's kind of been I mean, trashed this but year. But
2: he's also getting no room at all. Matt Ryan has been just a really bad experiment to start the season for the Colts, thinking that he was going like, to be successful for them. Like He's been worse than Carson Wentz was last year. He's holding the ball. He's taking sacks. I mean, there's if they're not going to be able to pass the ball, Michael Pittman just had... A bad game. Like if they're not going to have any success passing downfield, then you could stack the box. And that's what teams have been doing. And rightfully so. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is the only weapon on that offense that has been able to like prove their worth in the NFL at this point. I guess you could say Michael Pittman. Sure. But I mean, it's been a, a Jonathan Taylor led team for the last year and a half now.
0: It's almost as if there should have been a stat that told you that Carson Wentz was clearly a better quarterback than Matt Ryan last year. Oh, wait, there was. It's called True Throw Value, and it's available now in the fantasy football, yeah. football League, Um This one is a Dynasty, so I want to get the Dynasty uh, take on this one. Matt, I know you've been on the uh, Desmond Ritter will, start, will be the first rookie starter train. But yep, I'm wrong, unfortunately, because I was on that train, too. I was I was definitely on the side riding on the it looks, side. It still
1: looks like he should be, but they're going to stick with Mariota. <laughs> uh,
0: Kenny Pickett uh, came in against the Jets through a big interception, which you can't really uh, you can't really fault the guy. They were in a they were in a tough spot. Threw
1: a bunch of big interceptions. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, definitely handed that game away. Zach Wilson on the other side had maybe one of the worst three quarters you've ever seen in the NFL, and then relax. a really a really good fourth quarter. He was yo, he was eight for 22, bro.
2: Yeah, I mean, there were some drop passes. He threw some away. Like, All right, relax. bro. All right, you relax. said what, some of the worst quarterbacking you've ever seen. Bro, bro he relax.
0: he also completely missed receivers. But yo, in the fourth quarter. But then. But then in the fourth quarter, he, he turned it around.
1: Sticks for six. That's right. Yeah, uh, game-winning drive.
0: Including two third and very longs over 10 yards. Uh Ooh, con- conversions. He looked good in he that lo- drive.
1: He did look good
0: in that drive, and it's, uh, good to see. But let's talk about the other young kid, uh, Kenny yeah, Pickett. Yeah. How are you feeling about Kenny Pickett's uh, value in Dynasty here? What's your reaction? Are you comfortable starting him immediately in a super flux kind of situation? How are you feeling about him?
1: No, uh, th- that's the where I'll start. I'll say no. Um, I'm not comfortable starting him immediately in a two-quarterback league, and you probably... Hopefully knowing the situation that the Steelers had in front of them and where Kenny Pickett was as a prospect, you had a contingency plan. Um, It's nice to see him starting. You could probably pull him up off your taxi squads for a bye-week replacement. That's fine. Um, But my buddy Chris uh, Mooseezer on Twitter had a pretty funny and amazing stat that he posted. His name is Um, is Mooseezer? Kenny Pickett targeted... (laughs) move like move pickett targeted and then caesar uh... no <laughs> just let me give you the fucking all right stat, sorry all right, <laughs> uh kenny pickett targeted george pickett on 33 percent of his dropbacks and then the jets on 23 percent of his dropbacks meaning <laughs> on 23 percent of pickett's dropbacks he threw an interception um <laughs> so that's not a great start to your nfl career and this First, Still better than Mr. Biscuit. Kenny Pickett's, Kenny Pickett's NFL career started like this. It was pretty funny. Um, five straight handoffs. No, four straight handoffs, sorry. A QB sneak and then an interception. So that shows the type of confidence that they have in Kenny Pickett to poc- uh, pass in the pocket. He did have two rushing touchdowns. So obviously his mobility that he had in college uh, kind of did carry over to the NFL level. He athletic enough to create space and scramble. Um, but I'm not really confident on Kenny Pickett to be anything more than a slightly more mobile Derek Carr at very best. Um, That first round value that you were using on him in 2022 rookie drafts is only going to hold up um, because of how weak that class was in general. I would still rather have legitimately every single first round wide receiver over Kenny Pickett.
2: Not for nothing though. I mean, he threw three interceptions. One of them was off a tip. One of them was a, was a down. He gave Chase Claypool, 6-4 Chase Claypool, a chance against a 5-9 corner. Like, I'm not really going to fault him there either. It was a good idea. I don't I don't think three interceptions really shows how bad he played, quote-unquote. We'll see how he does next week. But, I mean, I don't think it was a bad, like, entrance performance by any means.
0: I'll tell you what. the The Steelers' offensive line is trash, hard, hard trash. Like you, I know that everyone kind of knows that they're trash already. But when you really watch them closely, like I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Jets fan. On Sundays, we the watch think, yeah. On Sundays, we watch the Jets on a on a laptop, and we watch Red Zone on the big on the big screen. And so we watched we played a lot close attention to the Jets games. And the Jets were getting pressure on Trubisky whenever they wanted. They were getting pressure on Pickett whenever they wanted. And uh, just in case anyone was wondering, I'm officially off the Mitch Trubisky bandwagon. It was fun while it lasted. I don't even believe
2: you, bro. We'll see next year. <laughs> I mean,
0: he's not going to get another opportunity to start, so I'm not even going to have an opportunity to be on the That's band. True. Maybe right he'll again.
2: be the next Chase Daniel. Just get paid to be a backup.
0: I mean, he would be a good quality backup.
2: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the next
0: uh, piece of news. Brian Robinson. Good to see him coming back. Um, from. He got he got uh, designated to return from the reserve non-football injury list. Um,
2: he has like three weeks to return now, I believe.
0: yes. Uh, correct. Uh, it's it's interesting because this backfield has just gotten muddy and muddier, and muddier and muddier and muddier, and it's very obvious that Ron Rivera is not a huge fan of what's his, of of Antonio I mean, Gibson. Well,
2: they they fell behind again. So J D. McKissick played a ton, but they, they
0: were handing the ball to McKissick. That's the thing. Were, like,
2: but he was on the field because his pass catching prowess. But I agree. I mean, it hasn't obviously it's not been uh, ideal by any means. Um, for Antonio Gibson, the less last than fifty percent of the also, snaps each of the last two games for Gibson. But they've also been playing from behind the last two weeks, and we know that that was, and is going to be J D. McKissick's role.
0: I don't know, man. You, you're if if he was, if it was just pass plays, fine. But McKissick's out here getting rushing rushes.
2: Well, when he's on the field in passing situations, and they hand the ball off to J D. McKissick, he's going to get some rushes. Yeah, down. but
0: you're you're not. I don't know. You're not making me no, feel any it's better not. about Gibson.
2: No, yeah, I I wouldn't feel great about getting <laughs> to Brian Robinson coming yeah, back. Yeah, me I'm either, to be honest. Um, he wasn't expected to have that role.
0: Oh, Michael is currently killing, like currently banging himself in the head because Cooper Cup just missed a diving Relax. catch for a fake, touchdown. Fake banging
2: myself in the head.
0: You you, you were touching a little bit. Uh, Matt, what's that your sound like a crazy? What, what's your view on Brian Anderson? If you had him in, in Dynasty, what's his value?
1: I'm really happy to see the kid back. You obviously have to see a little bit of it on the field um, because of the prospect profile doesn't tell us it's an incredibly high hit rate for running backs and he you know, spent an extra year in college and needed the fifth year to have any sort of relevance. Um, I've talked kind of negatively about him in the past and it's, it's hard to do so because now it's just exciting to see the kid back on the field in, in general. Um, Dynasty value, it, it's going to hinder Antonio Gibson uh, again just from an opportunity standpoint yeah. because I think they're going to want to see what they have with Brian Robinson whether it's good or bad they're going to give him a little bit of a run and a little bit of a burn to see if he can help that team ascend to a next level when the offense has looked pretty good to start the season a little up and down yeah but but decent they had, you know, and their wide receivers are really clicking and Wentz looks good enough to kind of run the offense correctly uh, not the last um, so series. to speak yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean well, I mean it's still that's still a function of Ron Rivera. It's it, Wentz I guess my, my point to that is like it's not like Wentz is really turning the ball over at a high rate. Yeah. And he's had a, a pretty a pretty good, you know, been able to uphold three different wide receivers for fantasy relevancy.
0: Speaking of one of those at wide receivers. Speaking of one of those wide receivers, Jahan Dotson, speaking on Monday, uh head coach Ron Rivera, this is according to according to Roto World. Head coach Ron Rivera said Jahan John Dotson could be out a week or two with a hamstring. Ugh, that's tough. Uh, Jahan Dotson was putting people on notice. One of Matt's uh, favorite um, sleeper, a definite sleeper, a, a guy that he thought was being disrespected. Um, so, yeah, yeah Jahan facts. Dotson out. This You got to feel better about McLaurin. You got to feel better about Curtis Samuel here. Uh, it's just, I mean, stock up for the guys who are going to take his place.
2: I mean, I think it definitely props up their red zone value a little bit. Cause that's where Dotson was being primarily used. Um, the guy's four touchdowns through Yeah, third, his hands are made out of glue, man. Yeah. Like he's, he's a big weapon and they've been using him in the red zone, uh, successfully. So it's a loss for the Washington offense for sure. Maybe they, maybe they get Logan Thomas a bit more involved in the red zone as well this coming week or two, as long as Dotson is out. But I mean, it's not like he was commanding a large target share just at the, uh, the red zone work opening up for one of those guys is definitely going to be definitely going to be nice for for one of them. Time will tell which one it is.
0: Rashad Bateman, uh, John Harbaugh said that he's dealing with a mid-foot injury, whatever that means. So something to monitor. Yeah, he
2: missed the fourth quarter. I didn't even realize that. I was like, why isn't Rashad Mm -hmm. Bateman? Like, why don't I really see Rashad Bateman? Turns out he sat the fourth quarter with that injury, which is not ideal.
0: In the... Real possibility that the Jets go three and two to a tag of Viola Viola will not play in week five against the Jets. Uh, Honestly, if he would have played, there probably would have been riots in the streets after the last couple weeks and um, what has been going on with him.
2: Yeah. If anything, they waited too long to rule him out. Like, bro, come on. They should have been ruled out Thursday night.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be is it's going to be it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. The old Teddy B. Traylon, only. Traylon Burks is dealing with a turf toe. He's gonna miss some time. Um quarterwell Patterson placed on injured reserve. Yeah. My Rough. lord, I had no idea. How did I miss this?
1: I mean he had Kim's reading this for the first time. Bro,
0: how did I miss this?
1: Yeah, I don't know how you missed it. Yeah. Guy. It's Tyler Algier season, bro. I knew
0: all the rest yeah. of this shit.
2: How did I miss he this? He had a uh, he had a rushing touchdown. What? Like thirty yards in the first like actually, first quarter Caleb then, Huntley
1: had the rushing touchdown. Hey, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into. No, it. I'm saying Patterson had a rushing <laughs> touchdown of
2: his own, not Algier. I'm saying oh. Patterson, and then he, uh, and then he disappeared from the game, and the, uh, the knee injury that forced him to be a game time decision. I guess it got worse or something because he had a minor uh, procedure done this morning.
0: Hot damn, bro! Damn, I'm like super disappointed right now. Yeah, Michael. Um,
2: Yes, I know. You're R- you're you're amazing, RB
0: one. It's a good thing you picked up Alzira this this week, yeah. Michael. Just Michael doing a, the smart veteran move of just picking up a handcuff. If you have someone who's out, and it definitely came to to be well. That's great job by Michael there. Uh, savvy, savvy. All right, we're gonna move on from the uh, from the news because I see that Michael is just uh, just watching the clock just getting more and more antsy.
2: I haven't said anything yet, Tim. All right? I know
0: that, but I see it in your eyes, Michael. I feel I like Matt's been
2: eyes. waiting for me to say something about the, uh, the news, too.
0: All right, let's talk about the I saw that coming <laughs> stuff, the stuff that we saw coming last week. I saw that coming from a mile <laughs> away. All right, Matt, since uh, me and Michael have been over here talking redraft stuff and there hasn't been too many Dynasty takes that you've given so far, although you have dropped gems when you've given them. Let's start with you. Let's start with the first. We saw that coming. Uh, a little bit of, uh, um, again, Matt giving the dynasty angle. So, Matt, who's your first guy?
1: Um, I'm going to give a little fandom take here, and, and because this episode's a little more lighthearted, it's it's Chris Olave. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to bask in a little glory of my own success. So while I enjoy a victory lap on Olave, I'm going to present a quick history of the receipts as well. <laughs> um. I, I, I once said to on Twitter that he's going to lead all rookie wide receiver in points per game. And right now he's leading all rookie wide receivers in points per game. Um, and the buy low sell high after week two, I was talking to Olave where he, um, earned 13 targets and 307 total air yards, which was an average depth of target of 29 or 21.92. That's the highest single game total of any rookie in NFL's next-gen era. And a cumulative air yards total is more more than any player recorded in that this season and still is the record for that. And it's third all time in NFL history as well. So after that game, Yeah, after that game, it was kind of pretty obvious that maybe the production wasn't there, but this guy's the number one buy in all of Dynasty. And then I doubled down on that buy window in the same week uh, in the true value report with his true air yards total, which was leading the league at the time and still is leading the league currently, um, and tripled down in unusual suspects um, when I was citing his insane rookie target share over a three-game window and his 23.7-point-per-game game. Now we're four weeks in, and Olave leads all Saints and all rookie-wide receivers in points per game and receiving a production across the board. It's safe to say whether you bought low or bought high. It was a pretty good investment.
2: He looks solid. He looks like a great player. Even with Andy
1: Dalton. Yeah. The only the unfortunate thing is, and, and I mean, there, there's certainly some narrative base, too. One of these games is without Jameis Winston, is with Andy Dalton. He just continues to earn a ridiculous target share, a ridiculous amount of yards downfield a ridiculous amount of true air yards um is capitalizing on a huge true air yard share as well it, it's it's kind of unprecedented to see him use i, I said that he was going to be like a Devonte smith-esque rookie season um and you could probably value him similarly going into the second year before the season started and it it's even better than i expected. It's going to be tough for the Saints with the way that they're losing games and playing right now for them to have a relative quarterback not having any draft picks, but Olave looks like he's quarterback proof and he's also playing next to two guys that are like career 25% target air, target share earners. So, speaking of yo,
0: quarterback proof,
2: Debo Samuel is an absolutely insane human. Debo, being. Uh, you're going to definitely Holy see this in the highlights moly. by
0: the time you you watch this. Debo just just ran over a few people on the way to the end zone on a 57-yard touchdown reception. Basically uh Debo like a four-yard screen. That, that's beautiful. That's beautiful because I'm playing Michael right now, guys, in the Beat the Bros Brodo League. And I'm currently whooping this man. Whooping him. Man, what are you going to do? Tip 156 life. to 96 whooping this man win
2: Whew. some lose some
0: and this one you lost All right. Stay great <laughs> let's get into um my first guy i'm gonna go next we saw that coming austin eckler i was not on the preview pod but i told you on the stock down segment that i'm not out on austin eckler yet but if he did not tear up the falcons I would start being out on Austin Eckler. Luckily, I do not have to be out on him because Austin Eckler absolutely tore up the Falcons to the tune of 31, 31. 31.9 half PPR points. That is 13 rushes for 60 yards and two touchdowns, six catches on seven targets and 49 uh, uh, 49 receiving yards and a receiving TD, three touchdowns for Mr. Austin Eckler, Finally, the dominant performance that you have been waiting on. So, Austin Eckler was the I saw that coming. Actually, in my rankings, Austin Eckler was ranked as my number one overall player this week. I actually missed. It wasn't the right right. Uh, it wasn't. He wasn't the number one overall player, but it was very nice. I was actually playing against Miles Sanders. That fuck. So it didn't even matter that that Austin. I I lost. <laughs> I had the third highest score in the league, bro. And I and and Amin Ra is out, and I lost because this dude was starting. Pierce and fucking Sanders
2: not for nothing he had CH on his bench as well this guy had running backs going wild all over his team yeah
0: he did anyway Michael what's your uh what's your next one
2: my uh my first one Tim this one has to be up here because he was my grand slam smash of the week and I said don't not bet on Justin Jefferson for a third week in a row yep Justin Jefferson in London 10 receptions 147 yards a rushing touchdown to boot uh 26 half PPR fantasy points. He returned to being Justin Jefferson even after a slow first half. um, He reminded everyone that he is a star in this league and that he needs to be targeted continuously. I saw on Twitter, and sometimes I see things on Twitter. I'm like, oh, I need to cite this and say it on the pod, and then I completely forget to. So sorry, whoever tweeted this. Um, I don't know who you are. But apparently Marshawn Lattimore hasn't allowed more than three receptions, I believe, in his... um, in his coverage over the last, like, year or so, and uh, Justin Jefferson had nine catches on him yesterday. Just like I, like me and Matt said on the uh, week four preview pod, Marshawn, Marshawn Lattimore is, is great against guys like uh, Mike Evans and such, but Justin Jefferson's speed might be a little much for him, and Justin Jefferson was able to have his way.
0: Okay. All right. Let's get into number two. We saw that coming. Number two. Matthew.
1: I'm going to give a little honorable mention before I get into my deeper one. And the honorable mention goes to the snap share that Rondale Moore and Greg Dortch had in mm-hmm. Rondale Moore's debut. Moore opened up this, his 2022 season on a limited snap count, according to Cliff Kingsbury and still played 86% of the offensive snaps, which was 65 and had a 15.6% target share. Um, and yeah, no, his production wasn't that great. <laughs> and hopefully that's going to come when, Kingsbury finally takes his head of his ass. But Dorch played just 36% of the offensive snaps, 27, and only had one target. So I hope you guys sold on Greg Dorch while you could. Is
0: Greg Dorch a drop candidate?
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I said, something that else that me and Mike were bringing up is, is – As soon as Rondale comes back, Greg Dorch's snaps are just going to disappear. And that happened when Rondale is still, like, a limited participant in practice and on a limited pitch count. So now next week with three full practices because he didn't get hurt and he's doing better and, you know, did have a decent target share in his opening day, just couldn't do much with it. Uh, Yeah, it's over for Greg Dorch. But – The biggest, I told you so, is the hat hanger from the preseason. And I'm going to keep banging this doorbell and banging this door. Um, It's T. Higgins. I received a lot of pushback when I ranked T. Higgins as a top five wide receiver in Dynasty this season. And through four games of the 2022 season, T. Higgins has 20 receptions for 315 yards, averaging 15.8 yards per reception and two touchdowns. He's averaging 15.9 points per game, which is what Jamar Chase is also averaging, 15.9 points per game. Um, But Chase had three consecutive games before below 13 PPR points. Chase has 25 receptions for 293 yards and two touchdowns. Okay, so here's the most interesting thing about all the data points that I just listed. T. Higgins didn't play the first game. (laughs) He played 26 snaps. He missed the entire first week after being in concussion protocol after the first drive, or the second drive, rather. Um, And he's outproducing Jamar Chase on a per game and season-long basis with more yards and more receptions and the same amount of touchdowns than, than Jamar Chase has with one fewer game. So, like like, what are we doing here? I don't know why people were so hesitant to rank two players that are just phenomenal individual talents with an incredible upside of... Production that has been proven through consecutive games that they can both earn targets alongside each other with a quarterback that is on the rise and Burrow hasn't looked that good. I think this is kind of closer to what his career norm is going to be rather than the explosion that we saw in a sophomore season, which is fine. It's more than enough to support two top five wide receivers, and I'm not going to go as far to say that Higgins is a better prospect receiver or should even be valued higher than Chase as an asset in Dynasty. But I am saying having him ranked as a top wide receiver might not even be high enough.
0: Bang, bang. The the T. Higgins propaganda from Matthew Ward continues. (laughs) T. Higgins is this man's... Hey, Matt, you shaved.
1: You you trimmed the beard.
0: Nice, looking good, man.
1: Yeah. Nice. I'm fresh climbed. Nice. Um, (laughs)
0: Let's uh, get into my second guy. The man, the myth, the legend, the king. uh, Derek Henry. I mentioned last time... This is the time of the year where Derrick Henry starts getting going. And this year, he's catching passes. And if he continues to see this pass catching work, he's going to be a fantasy cheat code. Last week, he put up a big week. This week, he put up a bigger week. 22 touches for 114 yards and a rushing TD. And most importantly, five gorgeous, luscious, beautiful, delicious, targets. He also has luscious locks. Three receptions for 33 yards. If Derrick Henry could add three receptions and 33 yards to every single one of his rushing outputs, look out. You're going to have Derrick Henry with a free touchdown.
2: <laughs> it was funny because Tim Tim said last week <laughs> to us, if Derrick Henry starts catching passes, it's going to be a problem. And I was like, yo, Tim, chill. You know, it was one game. And then he, uh, he catches a couple screen passes and Tim was like, yo, see? And then like Two plays later, Derrick Henry drops his mm. first pass not behind the line of scrimmage, yeah. like four yards away, just completely bounces off his hands,
1: and we just started crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but guess you what? Know, something that something that is interesting though, like I do, I post that um. Target share thread immediately after the morning and afternoon slate games, and Derrick Henry led the Titans in targets with like a twenty-five percent target share because Ryan Tannehill only attempted twenty passes.
0: I think I may have just
2: jizzed in my pants. That's that's
1: how the that's, <laughs> that's
2: how the Titans want to win, man. Just throw it. I mean, just but I mean, Derrick Henry over what? and over and
1: yeah. I've always been a guy, like I'm a target share guy. Guys, but people should know by now if they listen to the pod, if they follow us on Twitter, any of that. Like if they're new listeners, I'm a target share earner truther. And I don't care what your A dot is. A dot doesn't matter. Debo Samuels proved that. <laughs> like A dot doesn't matter, but what does matter is just opportunity. And whether it's coming from, you know two yards behind the line of scrimmage. Like if Derrick Henry can catch five passes, two yards behind the line of scrimmage and get a full head of steam, <laughs> like look the fuck out.
0: Uh, l-
2: that was that Canadian accent. Yeah, I dropped that one.
1: There.
0: <laughs> All right, my, uh, Michael, finish us off.
2: Yeah, my second, uh, we saw that coming. Is someone who I ranked higher than uh... – Expert consensus ranking prior to the season, and I ended up drafting a lot in best ball because he just started getting so disrespected, and I thought he was a tremendous year running back target, and that's Miles Sanders. Um, I also ranked him above expert consensus rankings this week. I mean, I didn't expect him to go this crazy. 27 rush attempts, a career high, 134 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, two receptions, and 22 yards as well with Boston Scott out. Um, Miles Sanders has just been great this season and is the clear lead back in that high-flying, powerful Philadelphia Eagles offense. And he's someone who's looking like he's probably going to be, like he has a chance to be a top 10 to 12 running back, I think, rest of season if his uh, if his role continues the way it is and if the, uh, the Eagles offense keeps rolling the way it is because, I mean, he's a talented running back, and he's always been very efficient. He's just been on teams that don't, they don't give him the ball in the most opportune, situations and now he's been the guy in that backfield on a great team and it's just been uh it's been glorious for anyone who took the chance on miles sanders
0: man i i took the chance on miles sanders in a lot of leagues it was hard to pass up miles sanders where he was going he was kind of like kareem hunt although he's been way better than kareem hunt but he was kind of like a guy who was he was in the ninth round You're just like what is he doing here i I have to take him (laughs) like i have to um let's get into our next category it is the we saw that... Uh, no, it's not. We already did that. It's the... Uh, Stupid ass. Surprise.
2: Classic Tim mistake. Surprise, motherfucker.
0: These are the surprises. Michael, why don't you start us off?
2: No surprise with the classic Tim mistake right there. No, so
0: You know, sometimes you just got to return with a bang.
2: True. Dude, my surprise, because this, this shit is just blowing my mind week after week, but maybe this guy's just really having a late season resurgence. Um, it's Geno Smith, man. He just played in the biggest, uh, like... Uh, what's it called, shootout we've seen all season in that crazy game against Detroit that ended 48-45 in a Seattle victory, 320 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, seven rush attempts, 49 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown. Like, what? We're talking about Geno Smith here. He now has three games of four on the season with 17.2 fantasy points or more, which are viable starting numbers. His only bad game was against San Fran, whose defense has been elite to start the season. It's it's just absurd to see Geno Smith playing the way he is six passing touchdowns to two interceptions. The Seahawks playbook has opened up without Russell Wilson with Geno Smith on their center. It's it's all just very confusing and a lot of fun to watch. As a former Jet fan, who yeah, Geno Smith wasn't our guy, but you know he he tried. He I never we never really. Believe Geno Smith would be the guy. Really, like we gave him a shot, but I mean, he was a second-round pick. He was having
0: like, a good season until that defensive tackle punched him in the face and broke his jaw.
2: Or that was crazy. Forgot, yeah, uh, I forgot about that. Over
0: like a five hundred dollar debt.
2: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, Geno Smith was someone like I've rooted for, and uh, it's cool to see him actually playing playing uh, pretty well. I mean, that was a. I w- I like to formally apologize.
0: I like to formally apologize to one of our patrons, Jess, who said. Would I be crazy for starting Geno over Russell Wilson? And I said, yes. You would be absolutely crazy.
2: At least Russ finally had a decent game. He had a
0: decent game, but he didn't have a Geno game.
2: Yeah, I mean, no one had a Geno game besides Jared Goff.
0: Man, another one. QB1. Uh, Goff, I got to – are we talking about the – are we talking about Goff We'll talk at all?
2: about the Lions shortly.
0: Are we talk about the Lions, all right, because I got something to say about Goff. But I'm going to go – I'm going to move on to my surprise, surprise. My first surprise, surprise is a guy that I like to hate on. But, hey, things change. This is fantasy. Got to stay fluid. You got to be willing to change your opinions with the tides. Josh Jacobs. Holla fucking Luya. Josh Jacobs, for the first time since Donald Trump was president. For the first time since the word pandemic was only a word you heard in movies. Josh Jacobs, since 2019, had a play over 30 yards. He had a rush for 43 yards this week. It was one of 28 rushes on his career high, 89% of the snaps for 144 yards and two rushing TV TDs, six targets, five receptions for 31 yards through the air. In the beginning of the year, I was very, very, very concerned that Josh Jacobs was going to be forgotten in this backfield because he had not been good the last couple of years turns out he just needed some coaching because he's been pretty good this year he's still been inefficient but he's been getting better and better and better and it seems like he gets better and better as the game goes on as well and if you're getting 28 carries man you're getting 28 carries you're getting five receptions this guy touched the ball 33 times and scored you 33 half points uh 33 points in half point ppr um, Josh Jacobs definitely a surprise surprise and could be in the could have been in my stock up section but I was just so surprised he made a, th- a play over 30 yards I had to I had to put him in my surprise surprise. Uh <laughs> Matt, who's your first uh surprise surprise?
1: First uh dynasty surprise surprise, but I guess could have also been a I saw that coming or I told you so is is Rashad White. Uh Fournette looked kind of old and ineffective despite his re- ridiculous opportunity share and i mean i guess his opportunity share is part of the reason why it's exposing him for being kind of old and ineffective he's got an opportunity share above 75 percent this season but has only had the one top 15 performance uh the buccaneers are two and two and i've been saying all along it's only a matter of time before they realize that they have a six foot one and 220 pounds supercharged james white for tom brady's last hurrah um and Rashad's just sitting there in the backfield ready to take over a larger role and, and, and probably take over a starter's workload, although I don't really see that coming until year two. Um, but he was able to thrive as a high upside asset even in a committee backfield as we saw in week four. The opportunity share finally began to switch. Uh, Tampa Bay only ran the ball six times, but it was 50-50. Uh, the Chiefs took an early lead, so they kind of abandoned the run game. But then Rashad White caught five balls for 50 yards. Um On five targets, so he also had 300 percent more rushing production than Fournette, which I thought was a really funny stat. It was six yards because Fournette had minus three (laughs) on three carries. Um, But also, Rashad White was the inside of the five-yard line back um, and scored the goal-line touchdown. So he played 100 percent of the Buccaneers' final two series to finish the games out when the game was like within ten points, Um, and. Was also the first play called to him on the offense. Uh, he had the first reception of the game after fumbling on the opening drive, which to me kind of says that like they want to install confidence in Rashad White, not take it away. Um, so I think things are looking up and up and up for Richie Clean Shoes, as I like to call him.
0: Interesting. What about what? What's your take on Richie that? Clean Shoes? What's your take on that in Dynasty? Because I mean, in uh, Redraft, because I may so know someone who's been stashing him on his bench. What do you think, man?
1: Me? What's? Oh, I thought you were asking Mike because he's no. the you know the redraft pro here. Uh, I mean, same thing, man. It, it's probably gonna come up on the waiver pod that Mike's doing, but I would consider Rashad White like a higher upside waiver stash than any member of the Denver's backfield that wasn't on rosters already, aka Melvin Gordon.
0: Oh baby, oh baby. Or
1: even Tyler Algier or Caleb Huntley in deeper dynasty leagues, um. I mean Caleb Huntley might be a name in redraft leagues as well. So it that but
2: that
0: that no. right. Michael <laughs> uh who's your uh surprise surprise?
2: My second surprise surprise, I told you I'd be bringing up the the Lions is T J Hawkinson of the Detroit Lions. Look, I know Amon Ross Brown was out, DJ Chark was out, DeAndre Swift was out. But damn, this team still put up 45 points. TJ Hawkinson, 8 catches, 179 yards, 2 touchdowns, and a 2-point conversion. Had one of the top 10 tight end performances ever. Wow. For someone who people was, like, basically considered a bust, I guess, based on, like, his draft value. Um, tremendous game when they needed him to step up, which was great to see. Um, I don't think you have a top 10 game ever by accident. So, TJ Hawkinson, clearly a talented guy, but... um. Dude, another seventh most
0: Seventh most fantasy points in the history of the tight end position.
2: Nuts. Nuts. Yeah. Another funny stat, Jared Goff has now been a quarterback in three of the top 20 highest scoring games ever in NFL history. Whoa. Jared Goff just has a wow. knack for putting up big-time points in big-time scoring he games, He looks good, apparently. Sir. He does, and that offense has been he looking really good. The offensive line just absolutely... Just keeping golf from any sort of trouble for like the vast majority of games. She's another one, Jared Goff. Two games this year with uh, over 26 fantasy points. The other two, 16 and 15, um, which is a little less compelling. But he's showing but still he's showing upside, man. Yeah, especially in uh in good matchups. So next week he gets he gets New England, which I mean New England has given up some points, but I don't know if I don't want to play him against New, New England. They just, Whatever, that's that's for next week, but. Yeah, Jared Goff, TJ Hawkinson, I guess they could go as a duo in this one. It's just been a surprise, surprise this past week. Really just not missing a beat without Amon Ross Swift or Chark. They lost uh
0: J C Jackson and just uh spawned a brand new shutdown corner. Uh that had a great game last week. Let's um Jalen Mills. <laughs> um Jared Goff, I feel like was so overrated that when he came back down to earth, people underrated him because they expected so much more of him to begin with, and the expectations were way too high that when he had an off uh had a couple off seasons uh from the heights that he actually did reach, it seemed like a bigger fall than it was because people overrated him so much to the point where he got underrated. And you think about, you know, Matt Stafford won the Rams a Super Bowl and that was obviously a win for the Rams. But if you think about the return that the Lions got, the Lions got draft picks and they got a viable starter who can win them games and put up points. So you, you know, good job by the Lions there um, to, to make a good trade. Um, let's get into the second surprise surprise. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it quick. My surprise surprise was that Again, we talked about Matt Ryan um, and his his lack of weapons, his inability to get it there. But one thing Matt Ryan has always done throughout his career is hit the tight end with passes, particularly in the red zone. Um, he's made he made Kyle Pitts the best rookie season in a long time. He's made Austin Hooper uh, into a thing. He's he supported Tony Gonzalez for the, the end of his career. He um, there's one guy missing in the in the middle that used to play for the Colts, white tight end, that he made good. Jacob Tammy. <sighs> Jacob Tammy, yeah. Jacob yeah. Tamme uh, was was a, a quality, productive player for the uh, Falcons. I feel like I'm missing one, too. But he makes his tight ends go. The only problem is you never know what you're going to get because last week the two touchdowns went to the giant man wearing 81. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, wearing 80, and this week it went to the giant man wearing 81. Um, and they're both big, giant humans that are ridiculously large. And this time it was Mo Ali Cox uh, surprising us with two touchdowns uh, and having himself a day. So my Mo Ali Cox. large
2: share of Mo Ali Cox best ball teams, glorious. That sounds glorious.
0: Yeah, I sat Mo Ali Cox in scufffish. So yeah. did I. Yeah.
2: What's I really, have in Fish too, Tim. So did I. Super I have Ingram, One catch.
1: Oof. oh yeah go ahead Matt. the I super interesting fired. thing about that stat line is Ky- kylan granson also finished in the top 12 tight ends he did he had
2: another <laughs> he had another good game too just
1: that with the same the same week the same week that mo cox finished with 38 fantasy points
2: well
0: matt ryan sucks matt ryan has sucked for the last the better part of the last five years i i i contend that matt ryan sucked when he won mvp
2: Hey, what's Tim good for? Hyping up Mitch Trubisky and shitting on Matt Ryan. Look,
0: I I didn't hype up Mitch Trubisky. I told you he sucks and Matt Ryan has sucked I, I like I said, I think he even sucked when he won MVP. I think it was a, that award should be on Kyle Shanahan's shelf, not on his shelf. Um let's go to the my next one. Oh no, that was my next one. Uh Matt, who's your next uh, surprise, surprise?
1: That's uh Jameson Williams. I mean, Josh Reynolds, (laughs) but that's kind of the that's kind of the dynasty spin that I'm bringing here is like the Lions offense is playing at a truly ridiculous rate. And it has a lot to do with their number one ranked offensive line and their last place ranked defense. Um, Yeah, even without their three main weapons in the passing game, Swift, Shark, Amon Ra, um, Hawkinson went crazy and Josh Reynolds had a really nice game. He had seven receptions on eight targets for 81 yards and a touchdown. Um, They're scoring over 35 points a game and allowing over 36 points per game on defense. There's not going to be any major trades or signings for that team as they are in a rebuilding phase this season. So things are probably going to look very similar and potentially worse as the season wears on and some injuries crop up. So my take here is much less about Josh Reynolds and much more about the one addition that is for sure inevitable to this offense. And that's Jamison Williams. The offense is scoring at such a high rate that I don't doubt it can support one of the top-rated tight ends, or rather wide receivers, sorry, in the draft class. Like, the moment that Jamison Williams comes back, I'm incredibly interested in his upside. I'm going to be a little wary about the knee injury, sure, but if they feel like he's ready to go, in this season and it will be well over a year by the time already that they put him in the lineup so it won't be like he's getting rushed back by any means but if if they feel at any point in time that they're going to put him in the lineup i think jamison Williams is a must add and must roster player Hmm. that that's the the redraft side to it i mean obviously he's going to be had in dynasty but i think by low is now by low is now before any of those he's a limited practice comes out because you never know when that's coming and it's soon. It's, it's been very close to a year from surgery and recovery. He did do some athletic testing in the offseason and things like that. So he has been capable enough to practice. I think his rehab's being kind of kept under control because the Lions know what they have here. So I, I would go out and put some offers out for Jamison Williams because he's likely being held, considering where he went in um, first rounds, kind of towards the back half of the first rounds. He's likely being held by a competing team. Um, so that's somebody that I would aggressively push veterans um, if you're in a rebuilding phase, veterans towards a uh, competing team and try and get Jamison Williams on your roster right away.
2: JMO.
0: I like it. Uh, not a fan of Jamison Williams in the uh, redraft this year. I think.
2: Uh, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. In the second i don't know, half. banking on a rookie who's coming up. No, but
1: Seattle I, I mean, tough. that's why I said, like, if they say at any point in time they're going to put him in your lineup, I think it would be fool foolish not to add him off of waivers. Yeah, I mean, or if you I have an extra IR there. spot to have him stashed there.
2: I currently have him in my IR my IR spot in our home league.
1: Yeah, it's foolish not
2: to have him there.
0: Michael, who's your running backs in your home in the home league now that Corey Patterson's down?
2: J.K. Dobbins and Tyler or baby. Oh, that uh, sounds like Tim was shitting on my running backs, and then Dobbins and Patterson. <laughs> both scored both touchdowns like sounds. legit right after, right after yeah. um great. anyway uh let's get into also oh no, i forgot i have kelsey yeah, cup I and chase tim I, all right
0: I, I, yeah okay congratulations did you did you say all oh, your surprises or what yes all right let's get into our stock up segment the guys whose stock is rising something just came across my desk john it is perhaps the best thing i've seen
2: in the last six months now right now john The stock trades over the counter at $0.10 a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. A slam-ram home run.
0: Michael, who's your slam-ram home run?
2: My first stock up here is a running back who I've been a fan of for years, and I've just been waiting for him to get more touches. And that's Devin Singletary, another guy that I started targeting. Started targeting at his cost in a uh, best ball leagues.
0: I'm surprised to hear you say Devin Singletary here.
2: I've always thought Devin Singletary was the best back on the Bills and needed to be treated as such. You have said that, and he—they're finally doing it. He's got over 85 uh, percent of the touches again this past week against Baltimore. Um, and this isn't even like a—he had a great week four um, stock up. It's the fact like he lost a fumble, but he had 11 rushes, 49 rushing yards, five targets, four catches, and 47 yards. He absolutely owned that backfield a week after dominating in Week Three um, against Miami, putting up 19 and a half fantasy points um, in half PPR, catching nine balls in that game as well. And it looks like it's Devin Singletary's backfield in a big offense with Josh Allen at the helm. It looks like the the past the past two weeks, they're gonna need to they're gonna need to start getting their ground game going a bit more, just letting Josh Allen do everything seems like it's finally catching up to them a little bit these last couple weeks where they lost to Miami and then barely scratched out a win against Baltimore. But Devin Singletary, who's been a low-end flex play for some of his career, and some people just, at this point, they hear his name and they just go, yuck. He looks like a very viable RB2 at the moment, and if he's going to be getting 80% plus of the touches in the Buffalo backfield, those are valuable touches, and he's going to be a useful fantasy asset going forward.
0: All right. All right. Alright. Alright. All right. All right. Matt, who's your first uh stock up?
1: Yeah, I mean I'm gonna have to I think it's a little early, but I fair enough to admit defeat on on Damian Pierce or my low rankings of Damian Pierce and his uh, rookie profile look like Damian Pierce took 14 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown and was the only member of the Houston Texans to receive a rushing attempt in the game in week four. So that makes two games this season where he's the only running back (laughs) to receive a carry in the backfield. Um, he's undeniably outplaying his suggested draft capital and collegiate profile. The Houston Texans are an organization with a long leash for developing players. As you're seeing right now with David Davis mills and their continued attempts to her- turn him into a starting caliber quarterback, which he clearly appears not to be. Um, the team also has a variety of needs that they're going to have to address in the upcoming off season. They have their draft picks back um, the ones that they <clears throat> lost the season prior. So now they have their first round pick. If they finish last, they get first overall. Um, and you know, Davis Mills is kind of one of the areas that they need to address the quarterback position. So Damian Pierce is going to likely be the starting running back for at least this season, obviously next season for sure. And throughout his rookie contract, Um, I still don't think he's ever going to be worth the suggested first round rookie draft capital that people were giving up for him in dynasty, like 2023 first round picks. I still don't think he's ever going to have that value. Um, But through the first four games, I'm definitely willing to admit that he appears talented enough to maintain his production as long as his work rate continues and you know you could have on your hands a very similar situation to a james Robinson, where no he never gets valued as a i'm worth a 2023 2024 2025 whatever it may be first round pick but i'm certainly putting up the production of people that are valued similarly to that so kind of like a perennial buy low candidate
0: interesting uh yeah, it's interesting that your outlook on him uh long term. Uh I I don't know how I feel about him. I, I think I need to see it happen a little bit more. But he had a great game. Um I don't, I
1: certainly don't disagree with you, but it's it's a workhorse rate as well. And when you get that with a rookie running back in Dynasty, the value is certain he's certainly paying off for what he was worth, and I didn't think that was ever going to happen.
2: Yeah, this is what the people who drafted Pierce wanted, and it came a lot. Faster than uh, exactly than I thought it would. And if he, <laughs> he keeps, if he keeps especially playing like this, at, he's not going to end up being a bad pick at redraft cost. um But let's see if he keeps playing like this. He I, is on Houston. Like if he has a fourteen carry, forty five yard day with no touchdowns, I would not be surprised at, at all. Like next week, right? So I, let's see.
1: Yeah, and a part of this is game theory, man. Like look at the landscape of fantasy running backs and dynasty running backs specifically right now. Jonathan Taylor's not playing up to par and has a high ankle sprain. Javante Williams ranked in the top three dynasty running backs, and he's hurt. Another one of them ranked in the top three, DeAndre Swift, he's hurt. Um, And the older vets that you were relying on to kind of carry that production in a win-now roster like Ezekiel Elliott, Corderell Patterson, um, even Melvin Gordon you know, held more value than he does right now. All of those running backs are performing under value as well. So the landscape is a lot easier to climb. Um, as far as value perspective goes, comparatively to production.
0: Someone who's uh, producing on value, but people were expecting him to go under value because his starting quarterback got hin- injured. Stock- my stock up is C.D. Lamb, baby. Nice. Um, my hat hanger this year, 18.7 points in uh, half PPR points in back-to-back games. Um, a receiving touchdown, 97 yards on eight targets and six receptions. He has not taken a step back with Cooper Rush. If anything, he's taken a step up. Although, I mean, he only played with Dak for a half. But with that being said, uh, you have not lost what you thought you were going to lose when you had CeeDee Lamb. I remember the uh, I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about who would you trade CeeDee Lamb for. And someone said they would trade him for Adam Thielen. I was like, yo, relax. Relax, bro. And, you know... Like Matt likes to say, and Matt has turned me, uh, Matt and Cass combined have turned me more into a target share guy than I used to be in the past. Because, uh, you know, when you, when target share is a great stat in season, and then Matt basically, uh, I mean, uh, Cass basically confirms that it's sticky uh, after a certain point, then you get Matt's uh, theory that, you know, targets are earned and not given, and not uh, and they're not rolled out for you. And uh, C.D. Lamb is earning his targets right now, and you gotta love to see it. And his upcoming schedule is why his stock is up as well. He gets Philly Week Six, uh, facing Darius Slay, so not the greatest matchup, uh, but that's a Sunday night game. Uh, but it, but that's sandwiched in between the Rams and the Lions. The Rams have been the second best. Matchup for wide receivers so far and Detroit has been the seventh best matchup for wide receivers. Detroit right now giving up the most uh points in the NFL. So uh, good good stuff for upcoming for C D Lamb. Stock up. Michael, who's your second stop up? Stock up. My
2: second stock stock up. Running back New York Jets, Brees Hall. Look, Brees Hall. 17 carries this past week to only nine for Michael Carter and six targets to only three for Michael it's Carter. It's happening. The first time Brees Hall really established himself as the lead guy in that backfield, and he scored that uh, rushing touchdown at the end where he powered through and got the ball over the um, over the over the goal line to win the secure game. the win for the Jets. Six targets, only two for not 12, secure the like win, to bro, that. to take the lead. Yeah, to take the lead, to basically to secure the win. There was like 15 seconds left, there's 40 seconds left. Maybe like
0: I'm bugging. I feel like secure the lead means like you had the lead and then you secured it with an extra t- t- like score.
2: Whatever your heart desires, Tim. <laughs> Either way, he won the game on a handoff from two yards away. And uh, yeah, he's looking like the lead guy in that backfield. He already, even as a rookie, week one, not great, 7.1. But since then, 12.5, 12.2, 14.8. Very playable in the RB2 or flex spot. And I don't think – I mean, if that's his floor at this point with the with the way the Jets' offense is looking, it's no longer a ha-ha laugh at the Jets in fantasy anymore. Zach Wilson had a great fourth quarter. and it, People forget it was his first game back. They just like to laugh at the Jets and Zach Wilson, but he turned up when they needed him to. I think uh, Brees Hall has a lot of upside. All right, Matt.
0: I Got to love the Brees Hall love. Brees Hall, my guy. Got him in like eight leagues. Uh, Matt who is your uh your second stock
1: up I might ruin the the waiver pot a bit here but mm-hmm. it's it's the Falcons backfield um unfortunately and- Patterson Patterson's going to be placed on IR. He's going to miss at least four weeks at the minimum, and this opens up an undeniable avenue for Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley, who both looked like serviceable options um, in the Falcons' win over the Browns. Uh, Algier was more effective. He took 10 carries for 84 yards, whereas Huntley found the end zone on one of his 10 carries, netting 56 yards total. Uh, Algier took an outlet pass for an additional 20 yards, so 104 scrimmage yards on 11 touches. That's pretty damn impressive, and Huntley had no targets at all, so the upside in the Cordero Patterson role looks like it relies to tyler algier there um and the falcons offense is just a mess right now so that's obviously a downgrade to everybody arthur smith can't even scheme up simple touches for his two unicorn receiving talents and drake london and kyle pitts he's running the football till the levy breaks whether it does or not and you can expect more of that moving forward so both of these guys are serviceable and going to see quite an uptick of value i think caleb huntley is going to be the hottest waiver wire ad in dynasty leagues um because i I shared a picture on twitter and i'm in a lot of dynasty leagues with a lot of really sharp players and he's essentially unrostered so he will be the number one waiver wire ad in dynasty leagues this week and i think he's probably worth a good percentage of dynasty um waiver wire budgets
0: I like that because I'm going to be facing off with you for him in in one of those leagues or maybe two or two, are we in three two or three? Um, yeah, we're in a few now, buddy. Yeah, uh, one of them uh, doesn't even count. It's uh, it's 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 not looking good in that one. But another one, I have a great team. So, um, uh, anyway, my second stock up, J.K. Dobbins. It's official. He's back. Welcome back, Mr. J, Mr. K. What do you think his first name really is? And J. JK Dobbins,
2: John Kevin.
0: There's no way his is John, John Kevin, Kevin. Dobbins. Uh, 13 rushes for 41 yards and a rushing TD. Four targets, four receptions at 22 yards and a receiving TDs and a receiving TD. Most importantly, he was on the field. He was the clear lead back. The Ravens missed him in the running game. It's clear that that offense was buzzing when he was involved because he had kind of a a, a bad second half. So. A little bit of a worry there, but not quite because when he was going, so was the Ravens' offense. Uh, but when he wasn't going, the Ravens' offense wasn't uh, buzzing. So you know how important it, that Raven that running back position is to this Ravens' offense. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is back. Gus Edwards is not back yet. No one else in that backfield really has a chance to take over anything from him. Kenyon Drake was a healthy scratch. So uh, J.K. Dobbins, let's get it. Stock up. Yeah. Uh, Michael, finish. His, uh, is I that already it? Already did. Yeah. Oh, wow, look at that. Let's
1: get it to stock down. It's the opposite. And by the way, it's jacalyn Dobbins. It stands for Ja'Calen. jacalyn Interesting. Cool. Uh, yeah. I like. That's a Just cool so name. You know. That sounds
2: od like John Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I've always thought, I've always thought
1: it'd be cooler
0: if, if he went by his full name. Ja'Calen It's not because J K. You think it's two separate
2: names. It's like D K. Metcalf is Duck Kalen. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's DeKalen Metcalf. You're lying. I'm not lying. His name is not DeKalen. It's his name is DeKalen. You're lying. I'm not lying. DK Metcalf's name is DeKalen Metcalf. Look it up. Oh my God Kalen Zacarius, actually. Kalen Zacarius Metcalf. His first name is DeKalen. And and But yeah, that's 100 percent And JK goes thing. by <laughs> and his name is Ja Kalen. Apparently, if
0: yeah. if you But JK spells
1: it with an apostrophe. You're blowing an extra vowel. You guys
2: are blowing my mind. Yeah, right I'm kind of. You're this blowing is my mind. How do we right not now? know the Ja'kaylin and the Kalen brothers? That's a, that's great. You're blowing yeah. my mind. Stock down.
1: The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987 The
2: Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement
1: I don't blame them We're now down 43% Almost everything there completely wiped out And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate
0: Michael, did you just watch your boy, Allen Robinson Shake the shit out of that defender?
2: He didn't, he got one yard For one yard? That's his first catch. One catch for one yard. <laughs> one catch, one yard. My dude, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. By low.
0: <laughs> Michael, who's your first stock down?
2: My first stock down is someone I'm officially concerned about. <sighs> Dalvin Cook. Oof. I don't know what's going on with him, man. 20 rushes, 76 rushing yards, 2 catches, 10 yards. I know he was, now he's like technically playing through that shoulder injury, but he got just as much of a workload as he always does. But it's just... I don't know, maybe it's the new offense, but he only has one touchdown through four games and he only has nine receptions for 47 yards. Dalvin Cook is typically like a big part of the passing offense as well as getting the groundwork, but I mean, he has his best receiving line this year is four catches for 19 yards. It wasn't like that in the past. He's yet to rush for 100 yards in a game, like I said, only the one rushing touchdown. Dalvin Cook, he hasn't been playing or looking like that smash first-round pick that we expected him to be. Like the it's been a weird fantasy season, I think, to start. Maybe he could turn it around, but as of now, like ranking Dalvin Cook just every single week as a top 5 running back option, I'm not sure that should uh that should be the case anymore, man, until something changes because like that offense is stagnant at the moment, except when it's throwing to Justin Jefferson. And Dalvin Cook has a lot to do with that. I mean, let's be real. Alexander Madison has arguably looked better than Dalvin Cook in his touches this year. I mean, that was a great touchdown on the uh, the screen pass in uh, in Sunday's game. He had some impressive rushing touchdown, or an impressive rushing touchdown after Dalvin Cook left last week as well. It's just it's surprising to see Dalvin Cook just like struggling, though, as much as he is right now from a fantasy perspective.
0: Um, my first stock down is someone that I was not a fan of coming into the year, and it's just gotten worse and worse and worse because the better quarterback on the roster got hurt, so Baker Mayfield had to come in and completely ruin Mr. DeJarius Moore. Um, I don't know if, if his name if is DJ's DeJarius. name
2: is DeJarius, yo, I... Mm-hmm. I'll, I don't even know what I would do. I don't even know what I do. Oh no! Wait, it's the, it would be the Jalen Tim. The, the Jalen. Oh, yeah, yeah, the it's the Jaylen. Jaylen. it's the
1: Deniston Oliver Junior. Deniston. Denniston. I like Denniston I've
2: never heard Denniston in my life. Yeah. My I son. Didn't even know that was a name. My son's name Dennis. I thought it just ended with Dennis. I wonder how, really how many know, Dennis's is out I there. Are all Dennis's? of these
1: players' real names, and you guys have no clue. I, I really was the one who said the Go. I have to.
0: I have to remember. I
2: said, "Hey, I gave you credit." <laughs>
0: I have to remember like 150 kids' names a year. I just got names floating around in my head all day.
2: Oh, I'm Tim. Teacher, teacher, teacher. <laughs> what? Yeah, all man, right. That's all all right. Yo, right. man, that's listen. All
0: DJ Moore is small. <laughs> all right? DJ Moore is small, guys. He's small. He's a small guy. And that's why he doesn't score touchdowns. He also doesn't score touchdowns because Baker Mayfield is fucking hot garbage. That's Trash. Also,
2: that's also true.
0: That man is suck. That man is the definition of suck. You don't got to get this thing. No, I'm too, angry bro. because you yelled at me and banned me from t- saying that Sam Darnold is better than him on this show.
2: Saying anything about Sam Darnold positively don't, is crazy. Don't,
0: no. don't hide yourself. Michael, you're in the running. 11 catches and 95 yards for yeah, Cup. You don't think I know that? Get in the end zone, <laughs> Cooper. <laughs> how, many, how many points are you down right now?
2: Don't worry about it. Let a man live. <laughs> I'm out here recording. Oh, 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 play action. Oh, good. He okay. take me.
0: Sorry. All right, uh, Matt. What? I'm uh, uh, oh, sorry. I'm I'm in there. DJ Moore. <laughs> his high, his high output was 11.8 and half PPR. And that day he he scored a touchdown. Without that touchdown, it was three receptions for 43 yards. S- two, a recept, one reception for two yards against New Orleans in Week Three. Last week against Arizona, who's been a very very susceptible uh, secondary. On eleven targets, only caught six catches for fifty yards. In week one, uh, three catches for forty-three yards. He's been getting into the into the like he's been getting some jet sweeps, but not enough to keep his fantasy viable. Ugh, this guy has been horrible, and it's not his fault. Like you watch him on the field, and yo, know, he's a good player, but he is he's not it, as okay. the kids would say. Um, Michael, who's your first stock down?
2: I already gave my first stock down,
1: which was Mister Dalvin Cook.
2: All right, then
0: you shut up. Matt, who's your first stock down?
1: Well, from Cook to Cook, um, Mr. Buffalo Bill, James Cook himself, is the perfect example, I think, of why you should take talent over landing spot and always value first-round rookie wide receivers over day two running backs. Cook has a slightly above-average prospect. Uh, profile, which was bolstered up by receiving Marcus share during his final season at Georgia. But that was on an offense that attempted 280 pass attempts. Well, I'm a little over, but the entire season <laughs> leading up to their college football championship win, like that team just ran the football over and over and over and over again. And Zamir white was the main benefactor of the rushing production and cook split snap shares with him um, and was outperformed by him in every category and look at the opportunity share that those two are receiving now that they're in the NFL. Now he's locked in as the fourth string running back behind Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, And of course, the real RB1 in Buffalo, which is Josh Allen. His snap share and opportunity share are reflective of that and the organization's confidence in the rookie's current development. Um, His ability to produce in high-pressure situations is removed completely, as he's had less than two snaps in fourth-quarter games the entire season. Um, And the Bills are vying for a Super Bowl run. They're not just going to force a rookie out there to produce for them when Devin Singletary looks as good as he is, when Zach Moss is capable of spelling Singletary on short yardage situations. Um, And as Mike kind of brought up earlier is nearing a workhorse role and workhorse production so i don't see any need or reason for them to start giving cook a higher opportunity share and obviously he's not talented enough to produce on five snaps a game no one is
0: no no one is that's that's a that's the best way to put a little bow on that one michael who's your second stock down
2: my second stock down, I'd be remiss if we did not discuss this guy in this podcast, and that's uh, Kyle Pitts, who just put up one catch for 25 yards. This is his third of four games with two catches or less, and third of four games with 25 yards or less outside of the Seattle game. Oof. Dude, Kyle Pitts played it. Do you guys know who Parker Hess is, listeners? Yeah, you probably don't. Parker Hess is another Atlanta Falcon tight end who played forty-eight snaps, ran ten routes. Kyle Pitts played only thirty-four snaps and ran only thirteen routes. What he saw the only f- four targets the entire game. Bro, what the fuck? Arthur Smith decided Kyle Pitts either needs to be a blocker or not on the field, apparently. And he looks like an absolute bust at uh at ADP. I am not buying low on a player who's top who's topped out At 19 receiving yards, three of four games, like, excuse me, 25 receiving yards, three of four games, and two receptions in three of four games. It's looking like a failed pick for Kyle Pitts, unless something changes here. Maybe Cordero Patterson being out, maybe they lean on the pass more, and Kyle Pitts is involved in that, but uh, it's just been a, it's been an absolute mess for Kyle Pitts, and I mean, at this point, like, he's borderline, like, benchable.
0: Let me ask you a question. I'm gonna ask you guys this question, and I'm gonna—it's gonna be with a with a hard, hard with a, with a what am I looking for? English, Tim, English. Heart, like some, like my heart hurts saying it. Uh, guys, who has more fantasy points in the season? Who do you think, Irv Smith or Kyle Pitts?
2: I mean, it's gonna be Irv Smith. Or to well, ask the you want Well, you set it
1: up pretty terribly by. All
2: right, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> I'll give you another one. Evan Ingram or Kyle Pitts? It's Evan Ingram as well.
1: Yeah, he had that big game.
0: Actually, Evan Ingram has two less points than Calpits. Okay, so we're gonna play a little game. What about <laughs> o- what about OJ
2: Howard? OJ Howard had a two touchdown game. It's OJ Howard, Matt. He has three touchdowns. Yeah, I the think OJ
1: Howard probably has more points than Pitts right now, too. All
0: right, fine. We'll, we'll take the last one. Cody Parkinson.
2: Cody Parkinson for sure. He has like two. touchdowns Yeah, he's been the blowing season, it up think, in Seattle. Too. Will Disley has a touchdown in three straight games. Cody
0: Parkinson has more points. And Kyle Pitts, guys.
2: Just the way we yep. drew it up.
0: Just the way we drew it up. All right, last one. Last one. Taysom Hill
2: or Kyle Pitts? Taysom Hill. It's still Taysom Definitely Taysom Hill.
0: Taysom Hill by 20%. Yeah.
2: You're not tricking us with these, Tim. Well, you can't really trick us because Kyle Pitts has been that bad.
0: Um. All right, so my second stock down um, Matt's going to be mad at me. That's okay. I'm ready. It's Stefan Diggs. Oh now, how can you say Stefan Diggs' stock is down when he had the best this and that and this and that? Because it's the same old Diggs stuff, okay? Yes, he had an amazing week one and week two. But he faced Miami. He faced Baltimore. These are two beatable defenses, and he was shut down. He was taken out of the game. Uh, He was out game plan. They, they, they're they dropping back 50 times. And look, Stephon Diggs is getting the looks. 11 targets last week. But only six targets this week for 62 yards. And this has been his M.O., his whole career. Um, He started off hot. Josh Allen started off hot. And we started thinking, hey, maybe this is the year where he takes that leap. I know I was. I, I traded for Stefan Diggs I have him on my on my a uh, league of record team my home team I'm I'm all I'm all about Stefan Diggs but you can't sugarcoat the fact that the man is up and down and it seems as though the guy who was flying sky high and the most the most points ever can remind you again that he is volatile
1: so that's why his stock is down all right Matt Here's why Here's why the denominator always matters because those six targets led the team and those 76 yards led the team and he had seven receptions for 76 yards which led the team. So denominators matter, folks. He's he still the earning team, the most team, targets team. and that offense has been up and down. The Bills lost those games.
0: <laughs> yeah, fine.
2: Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> fine. I mean, the fine. The matters, man. I mean, they they Terminator won that
0: they won the game last week though. They didn't lose. Yeah, that, that, the it man. was the close if you one. Have yeah, the, but the which, Miami game. They Miami, which, was, by the way, obviously. shout out to us. We were at a part. We were at well, not really a party, but there was a gathering of people watching the games. And Jason was like, "Yo, right now the Bills are plus eight hundred, se- plus seven, plus seven fifty. Uh, so plus seven fifty, because they were down like two touchdowns." put a quick bet on that made a little made a little squatsh yeah. made a little squattish. um Matt who is your last stock down bro
1: I'm not gonna say his name. I'm 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 gonna give you a little bit of a guessing game, so to speak. All right, let's Because um, this guy, in Just his tactics. first year ever, had 35 receptions on 62 targets, which was a 10.9% target share. That ranked 93rd in the league I know as a rookie. Who it is. He ran 454 routes. He had 599 yards. His yards per route one were 82nd at 1.32. He had caught seven touchdowns, 8.6 points per game, which was wide receiver 66. And then the next year, he regressed with. 284 routes, only 549 yards, 6 touchdowns, 7.9 points per game, 35 receptions again on 63 targets for a 10.9% target share, which was 87. And then everybody expected this guy to become Mm. some sort of top 20 wide receiver. I know who it is now. Well, Gabe yeah. Davis has a target share of 11.56% after 35 games played. Ooh-wee. And we can expect target share to normalize within 2% of their career average after 40 games, 35 games. That leaves five games left for Gabe Davis to become nothing but a jag. That's just an average guy.
2: Bang.
0: I mean, it's it's hard to be on the Gabe Davis train right now because yeah. he's he he's not. Bro, played, he played 96% of snaps.
2: Bro, I'm, a, I'm a, what John Hansen. Fucking fantasy points traded yeah, Travis that, Kelsey uh, for Gabriel Davis and Dalton Schultz, and said I was wrong when I said I saw, that was a um, terrible trade. Mike and Tim were, so come on, bro. were getting
1: in a little bit of Twitter Twitter beef over this Gabe Davis thing. And I would also Not like even to say, beef, for, it just like, you how, are
2: you, how are you like a, a fantasy analyst for like a site that's charging like a lot of money and you're trading Travis Kelsey for Gabe Davis and Dalton Schultz with the reasoning they're going to outscore Kelsey as if two people outscoring one is a good thing for trades to begin with. Like, it was just all amateur-ass shit, dude. And it was a terrible trade when he made it, and it was an even worse trade now. They combined for two points this week. Yeah. Gabe and Schultz and Travis Kelsey had a huge game, nine for 95 and a touchdown. You yeah. you would imagine he's got that tight
0: you. that tightness in his chest, like, knowing that he fucked up?
2: I mean, he the fact that anyone even considered that trade is mind-boggling to me, let alone a guy who runs a fantasy site. Like, come on, dude. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. He- here's some game theory, man. Like two for one trades are a fallacy. They they don't exist. B- two for one trades do not exist. You're not just gonna allow an empty spot to exist on your roster. You have to consider the two for one trade, whoever you traded for, and yeah. the guy that they're replacing f- for that roster spot. Yeah, exactly. Like if you traded Travis Kelsey for Dalton Schultz and Gabe Davis, and Tr- Dalton Schultz and Gabe Davis combined for twenty points, and Travis Kelsey combines for eighteen, but they added somebody that gets ten off the waiver wire, <laughs> then you're fucked. Yeah.
2: The funny thing is, was he uh, was like, I have Darnell Mooney who I have to sit, and then Darnell Mooney had like ninety yards today <laughs> or yesterday for the first time.
0: Well, poor Shlob. Um Michael, finish us off. This guy, this guy, this guy, stock down. we and Pitts with it? Oh, you did too, huh? Yep. Oh, so we finished. Yeah, fini. these. We finished. We we
1: hated on almost the entire Bills roster. <laughs> yep.
0: A oh, word I didn't even really do that. I propped up
1: the lions, <laughs> except Singletary. <laughs> what a world! Jeez, I hyped up Singletary. Yeah, except Singletary. We're
0: gonna pay big for that next week. Watch the Bills are gonna go ham next week. Who are they playing next week? That it was a it was a good matchup. in my Yahoo made it green. I'm not sure. Pittsburgh.
2: I, that's a good matchup. Yeah. Smash! Oh yeah. yeah. I was like, that's gonna smash, be 65 smash, points. Smash! Oh, Tim's be smashing.
0: Yo, speaking of smash, you guys ever have Smash Burger?
2: I have not. I want to try it though. Have you had smash burger, Matt? Fire.
1: Fire. Yeah. I, I I've told you I've traveled all over the States, yes.
2: What's your
0: favorite Fire. what's your favorite condiment?
1: Ketchup?